Hey everyone, Bob WP here, episode 81, Do the Woo. And I have my great co-host, that who was going to do a um, harmonica solo, but we decided against it. But, you know, we may just close out with that way if he gets the urge by the end of this. Uh, Jonathan, how you doing? Bob, I'm, I'm doing really well. It's, it's taking a turn for the cold, uh, which I kind of like. There's snow outside, but I got the snow tires on just in time. So I'm in, in good shape. Yeah, yep. we're getting a bit of a chill here, too. So and then with the wind off the ocean, it makes it for interesting times. But but staying warm. So a thank you to our sponsors before we head on into the show, because we have a really good show coming up. PayPal. Yes, our sponsor. Buy now, pay later. A couple great options, but I've been focusing a little bit on the pay and for. So I, I really it's very interesting because I'm finding a lot of people in the space that are wow, I haven't even heard of this. And they are jumping on it right away. In fact, our other co-host Mendel already put it on his site. So there's, once people are finding out about it, it's an option, especially if you have PayPal already installed. It's it's really easy and a no-brainer. But um, yeah, so check that out. And WooCommerce, yes, 4.7 did come out and a minor update. They didn't want to get everybody too freaked out about putting a big update in with Black Friday and all that fun holiday stuff around the corner. So minor update. So everything should go smooth unless you've got 5 billion plugins that you got from some guy in the basement. Other than that, I think you're good to go. So we're going to dive into the show. I am excited to welcome Alex Denning. Hey, Alex, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. You know, now, Alex, you... You're a, a man of many talents, and I thought one of them has got to be that you've done a little bit of woo. So in a sense, how do you do the woo in your business, and what do you do? So um, I run a marketing agency called Ellipsis Marketing, and we help people who make WordPress and WooCommerce products do more of whatever they're trying to do. So recently, my uh, my my doing of the woo is um, helping out WooCommerce product businesses with their marketing. Um, but I've been I I've been involved in WordPress a long time. I like remember the post on Woo themes when yeah, <laughs> was first a thing. So we go back a little way. So how did you? Can you know a little bit get into WordPress, but then how did Woo start to play into into your space? I I got into WordPress because um, when I was in high school, I had a uh, a website where I reviewed video games. This was a great hustle. It was early enough that making a website was difficult enough that it was you could still call yourself press. So I got free video games, <laughs> <laughs> and obviously the site was built on WordPress, um, and I was trying to work out how to do stuff um and i remember finding like there were like two or three wordpress tutorial websites at the time um and i I spent i remember finding one called uh hack wordpress Mm, um promising yeah uh which at the time which was the kind of the precursor to wp tavern um and i remember staying up all night reading it and i thought this is great i'll do this so I made a my own tutorial site. One thing led to another, um, 
and ended up running that for a couple of years. The, the tutorials were all like terrible. Um, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> um, but I was, I guess I was figuring things out as I went along. Um, and that led to me like finding more about WordPress. Um, and at the time, uh, theme shops were kind of like the dominant uh, forces in WordPress. Yep. Yeah, I, I remember trying out WooCommerce uh, shortly after it was released by then WooThemes. Um, and yeah, uh, you know, just one thing leads to another. And yeah, these days, like, it's, it's an important part of my life. So one thing I'm really curious about, you work in, in marketing and I, there's not a lot of folks that do, like you specialize on marketing for like WordPress product businesses, WooCommerce product businesses, right? So at, from my point of view, and you have a newsletter that you keep up to date, you did this Black Friday post recently. So you're in this kind of special position of having uh, a better than average pulse, if not one of the best pulses of sort of what's happening across the space. And as you look at this past year, I'm curious, are there any, what insights stand out? Is there anything that surprised you as you look at like what's kind of happening and this year in particular, right? Like, sure. So, the the big thing, obviously, is the pandemic. People who were so, uh, we saw a massive increase in people looking for our clients' solutions around WooCommerce, um, and that started yeah March April. There was um, in terms of like searches there was about a 50% increase in WordPress search terms. Mm -hmm. um, and a huge amount of that was driven by WooCommerce. Um, like the searches for, for, for WooCommerce per month went up by hundreds of thousands um, month on month. Yep. And also year on year, they were up like a, a, a significant amount as well. So that was obviously a big thing. So people were looking to get their get their it was sort of like an acceleration of digital transformation and people who who had stores which did not have a web presence really rapidly wanted to to get a web presence and um we saw people a very large number of people choosing WooCommerce to do that. For our clients who are selling functionality that lets or solutions that let people do things with whatever their site is set up to do um things scaled like pretty pretty nicely i guess as you'd expect in a product business um and so that's driven a lot of growth like within the ecosystem so taking let's take woocommerce product businesses specifically people who build plugins extensions uh, themes kind of SaaS connectors whatever what have you for woo when you Taken the landscape as a whole, how would you describe its current maturity? Like, do you see it's, it's, is it really young? Is it sort of mid? Like, what, what's the level of maturity that you're seeing sort of across the space? We're not quite at like the Wild West of a couple of years ago. Say, like three to five years ago, you could build pretty much any yeah. functionality driven WooCommerce extension and either sell it through woo.com or sell it through your own site or a, i guess a third-party platform you could pretty much make anything and make a lot of sales it's not the case that like there are loads of things that should exist which don't exist at all these days which is, is what happened there um 
most of the time like there, there is existing functionality but there's certainly so we've reached like a tiny bit of maturity but we're probably like five ten percent of the way there so a couple more questions in this this vein then what's your sense when you take in the landscape as a whole of the woocommerce product businesses and and there's some maturity there like still very little what what's what's going well like what do you see going well and then where are the opportunities as a whole to improve like in terms of what you see, like how folks are approaching product businesses in the WordPress context. So the product businesses are getting more sophisticated because the the obvious opportunities have gone. Yeah, we need to work out how to add more value. Um, that makes a lot of sense. We're going to continue to see that, and I think we will continue to see more niche solutions more niche, like higher value solutions, focusing on different industries. That will happen in like the, the short term, I think. In the medium term, the huge opportunity is to look kind of beyond the WooCommerce this label. Currently, it's just like you can do this, but it, and it's also bolted on WooCommerce, and that's what my product is. But as Woo becomes a more dominant player, I guess more even more dominant player in the e-commerce space, and where itself becomes uh, more mature, then suddenly it's it's not just, hey, it's this WooCommerce plugin. It's just, it's an obvious part of your store in a much more SaaS-like way. That's really exciting. Yep. You, you mentioned Woo's maturity. I'm curious for your thoughts. So this year brings a lot of different things, right? Woo is growing like crazy. Um, at Woo Sesh earlier, we shared some of the numbers. Like, uh, um, I'm... I'm it's, it's a lot, like not quite double, but just based on what we can see, it's significant growth. You also have a lot of maturity happening around the product like release cycle. We're up to, I'm going to butcher this. You might know, Bob, I should know this, like seven releases so far this year uh, with 4.7. It's a lot. We're, we're picking up a pace there. There's a, an overall confidence that's starting to permeate more about how it's being dealt with. So there's, there's definitely maturity happening there. I'm curious for any of from the, from your perspective, Alex, as you're working with WooCommerce like product businesses and looking at kind of what's happening in the Woo space, you see the growth, you see how it's being managed. What's what's good? What 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 gives you confidence? Where are some of the opportunities you see there from the Woo perspective to support the ecosystem? So, in terms of things going well, like it's it's easier than ever to to make a, your own e-commerce site, and that's great. And like and, and I guess everything that's happening kind of like underlines that. The thing that the I think the opportunity is to make it even easier. So a lot of the work that I do, that we do, is content marketing to help people get started with solve a problem with one of our clients' products. And we can do two types of that. We can kind of go inside WooCommerce, so people searching for like, how do I do this with WooCommerce? Or we can go outside, which is how do I do this with my e-commerce website? If we go outside, we have to cover sort of 10 preliminary steps about here is how you spend half a day deciding on your hosting company and your domain name. <laughs> Here's what a domain, like you have to explain all of those things. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not simple. It probably should never be like simple. I think it's fine to have, but there'll always be a bit of friction there and that's that's probably fine and good. That's interesting. The marketplace mm. for distributing extensions, reviews, 
like Bob, you're saying in the, the intro, like, unless you stored 5 million plugins from someone in a basement, like, <laughs> that's still possible. Like we don't, as a consumer, you don't necessarily know, is this good? Is this bad? That That's a really interesting opportunity. I was wondering when you talked about the niche, that's kind of where we're going at. And I, I deal with a lot of people coming to me with their extensions. I mean, you can have so many extensions that do improve checkout or so many extensions that do cart, whatever. With the niche, are you talking more about like if somebody's got a product and you're looking at it and they're thinking, okay, I built this product and I'm going to just keep adding things because nobody has all these things and all these features on their product. On the other hand, I see others that are saying I'm taking other people's products and pulling out one little thing and I do one simple thing and I do it well with my plugin. And that's where, you know, a lot of times my, I gravitate towards because it's like, okay, I, I had this one need. I didn't need these 20 other things. And that particular plugin does that. Is that what you're kind of seeing? Is that shift to that? Yeah, I'm seeing a little bit of it. I don't know. I'm seeing it enough to, to call it a trend, but I think that's where a lot of the opportunity is. It's like, it's for this type of business. You've got your custom checkout for things that need to be collected in person or like whatever it is. Hmm. What about, do you see opportunity in like just more vertical integration where they say, all right, we're, this is, we're going to focus on uh, farmer's markets for instance, and provide a solution where, you know, this hybrid of offline, online, et cetera, and just really do that. That's something I've been curious about, interested in for a long time. I don't see as much of it as I'd expect to at this point. I'm curious, do you see that? Is that something that you see more of? Are people going to focus on particular industries and markets? Yeah. So um, just going back to this like inside outside perspective, the, the, if you go inside, you, you just have to focus on the WooCommerce stuff. You've got nowhere else to go. If you go outside there, you can kind of go uh, horizontal or vertical. And then suddenly you can start opening up lots more opportunities. So, you know, it's, it's how to do this, how to manage your inventory for your farmer's market, whatever it is. The opportunity that I see in vertical integration, when you sort of take farmer's markets, for instance, or, or restaurants in a particular country or kind of whatever it might be, is that you can abstract away a lot of those getting started complexities like the, the domain name registration, hosting, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like you can either manage it all for them or have very explicit guidance and recommendations on how to get those things started. Um, it, I mean, there's pros and cons to those approaches, right? But to me, it seems like as there's an opportunity here with e-commerce just growing in general for there to be more focused solutions that have the benefit of being built on an open source base, but are able to combine some of the the positives of that SaaS focus and SaaS tend, will tend to have more of a vertical integration or a very clear horizontal. So uh, it's going to be interesting. I'm really interested to see. We've talked about this previously on, on, on Do The Woo. This, this thing of COVID really just seems to be an accelerator of trends. And it's going to be interesting. We have this opportunity to almost like look into the future, like, where is this where would this stuff have been gone going anyway and now we're just getting there faster is what it seems like yeah um from the marketing point of view definitely an acceleration we haven't seen things uh, well there's been a bit of like change in direction i think which comes with that but isn't it's, it's like the rockets mainly gone 
in a straight line rather than uh, this rocket analogy doesn't work rather than like <laughs> when you think about the the WordPress and WooCommerce like product business sort of industry, what are some of the risks? Like what are the, the things that people need to be wary of that yeah, I think just in general. Great question. Love that. We don't talk about risk enough. Most of the initial work we do with clients covers uh, existential risk and no one wants to talk about it. So let's talk about it. Yeah. So from the independent product creator point of view, the biggest risk of building your product around a platform is if the platform does something that doesn't let you work. If you build a, such a great feature that it comes into core, sorry, like you, you're not going to make so many sales. Um, of course, that kind of going in a in a WordPress context that happens like a lot, and oftentimes, like you find actually you've got a, a three year head start, and you can just add on to that functionality anyway. So it kind of works out, but that is a that is a major risk. Um, we have seen a lot of price competition recently. I think people see it as a space to be into to make money quickly. Hmm. And so a lot of new market entrants, some of whom are happy to compete on price. That is probably good for consumers but uh is a risk for storing for for product makers they have to find ways to differentiate or to compete on price um or add values another way so there's that i think otherwise it's in a pretty good situation Hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna put you on the spot a little bit i'm i'm curious when you're talking to folks uh in this this sort of independent maker space how do you tend to uh, guide them as far as like automatic goes? When you think about automatic and the role that we tend to play in this space and how do people think about automatic and how would you sort of guide folks to like, it's a bit of a potential elephant in the room, right? Like what if automatic sort of gets into something? Cause we also have products and plugins that we're selling in this space. Like how do you, how do you tend to think about that? To be honest, for the average product maker, they don't think about automatic. Cool. And that's that's fine. Like they're focused on how do I get my next customer, yeah, rather than is my business going to be eaten by a competitor that I can't compete with. So I think at the smaller end, a small and medium sized end, I don't think people are too worried. There are so many things to be done around WooCommerce extensions that um, uh, I don't. I, th- I think that the problems that your small or medium sized creator is going to solve aren't problems that you would solve at the enterprise level like there are i think if you were if you were building a thing around payments payment processing whatever something like that you would worry about it but um that's not something that like a company of 10 people can well maybe they can certainly not with this attitude (laughs) it's it's a it's a delicate thread right because there's this work on how do we, I think in an ideal world, the work that we do at Automatic and Woo is just sort of make the pie bigger, right? Like do th- work on some of the hardest problems. A lot of our motivation to get into payments, for instance, is that like it's a hard problem to work on. And it's something we think can really move the needle on making Woo more accessible. And in theory, if we do that well, which is our intent, it, it opens up a lot more opportunity for the ecosystem as a whole. 
So I think that's that's when things go well. Um, obviously, we're dealing with humans, so we're we're imperfect and you know, mistakes happen, and you know people get misunderstood, etc. But I think it's it's something important to keep an eye on in general. Is is if are we thought of and like I tend to think of the work that Wu is doing as like working on the operating system and continue to do that well. And sometimes you have to bring in something into core because it makes sense. But most of the times you like, let's keep this as lean as possible and then support people building the software, if you will, for the operating system. And at least from my perspective, but I have the disadvantage of being fairly potentially insulated. It feels like that's going well overall, but I think that's a question that's good to continue to ask is do independent creators in the space feel supported, feel that there's opportunity where they can really carve out something for themselves. I think that that's where the marketplace opportunity is really interesting because then you start to see aligned incentives financially. Yep. This episode is brought to you by WooCommerce. You may just be starting your journey as a Woo builder or will into that journey. Or perhaps you have WooCommerce talents that you want to bring to a team as you look to make a switch in your career. WooCommerce has several roles open that will likely fit your own goals of growth. You'll be joining the larger automatic team, a diverse and distributed group of individuals with a passion for WordPress, and yes, in many cases, WooCommerce. If you are looking to make that career pivot and love working from home, check out all their positions over on our job listings at dothewoo.io. Trust me, I know the company. I know a lot of the people there. It's a smart move. Thanks to WooCommerce.com and their support as a community sponsor. Now let's head back to the show. Now I want to flip over to, this is totally flip. And this is only, the only reason I'm flipping over to this is because Alex, you sent me an email about all this stuff about Black Friday. So I, I I perused it, and I know we're at a point where you know a lot of decisions can't be made to twist and turn. You had a lot of good stuff in there, and I I've been biting at the bit to play a devil's advocate here, and this is this is something that because I've dealt with nonprofits for decades and worked with nonprofits. One of the things you mentioned in it, the social angle is really important this year, and that was as a result of one of the plugin. Uh, they're, instead of doing Black Friday, they're going to give 50% to social cause. And I'm not talking social media. I'm talking social causes here to clarify. Now, as I look at that and I think back and I've kind of in my days of working with um, with them. And we're at this point, I mean, that's a, that's a great thing. At this point, I feel like we also are inundated with needs, you know, it's it's been a few months of this where this is coming left and right. And then you're at a point also as somebody that can donate where there are so many opportunities to donate. So you can be really picky on, you know, what touches me or what really, you know, and maybe it's a specific area or a, a, a nonprofit specifically. So I'm looking at people also on the flip side, on the other side of thing, I'm looking at people right now that are fighting at the bit because it's time to get a discount They're, You know, it's tough. They're trying to get things going. They're trying to get their online, whatever, all these different reasons. Is this, I mean, this particular instance, is it really a more of a, 
I, I don't want to say this, but not so much I'm looking to really make a killing with this and give a lot of money to these nonprofits, but it's kind of a feel good thing on the side of the business to say, okay, this is what I'm doing instead of this. You know, it doesn't really matter what plays out in the end as far as sales and how much I give. It's just more of a thing I want to do. So it's not really a, you know, a pump to get a lot more sales because honestly, I feel like a lot of people at this point in time would, I mean, personally, I've given a lot and I would look at something like that and I'd go, you know, unless I really need that, it wouldn't be an incentive for me to buy it. And so that's what I, and I know it's a very convoluted thought process I'm going through here, but when I saw this and then I saw yours, I just wanted to kind of hear your thoughts on it and you can just, you know, rake me over the coals with that one. <laughs> so, um, the, the, the specific instance you're referring to is a company called Weglot, which does multilingual WordPress and WooCommerce translations, websites, stores. Um, is on the Cyber Monday and the Black Friday, they're donating 50% of their revenue to a number of charities, which is, I, I think, is a great thing for them to do. That's a, that's a big chunk of uh, revenue. It's not, it's not profit. It's, it's, it's what you're paying them. Um, I thought that was great, and I thought it was bold of them, and I thought it was different. Like I haven't, I haven't seen that before. Um, you're right. As a incentive to buy their product, as a con- as like, from a consumer point of view, that ah, that's not going to do it for me. And I'm sure they know that. Yeah, there have been some um, other uh, approaches I've seen people taking. Often, there's increasingly people want a social element to their sale. So it's for every purchase, we're going to do this, which is a nice way of doing it you also see um commitments like one percent for the planet or something which are year-round things where people are committing a uh well in some cases one percent of their revenue to uh whatever causes all those are good things from like a branding point of view in in 2020 that is a thing which is good you're right though that without a discount as a consumer, that's not probably not going to influence my decision much. Okay, so if I'm looking at this externally, it's like, okay, if you have a pattern of doing discounts year after year, I've seen a lot of sort of me too in the space where people are like, okay, well, I guess I have to do that. We struggle with this a bit at Woo. And I, I kind of, I've liked where you'll, you'll notice that we're slowly not doing as many sales as we used to, right? Like that we're experimenting and exploring that because then you get people used to it. If you want to break that pattern, you can't just ignore it, right? Where it's like, okay, we're just not doing anything at all this year. And so there's an opportunity to say, hey, we, we value something differently here and we're not ignoring this. And this is our... So from my perspective, it's great to see people experimenting and trying sort of different things. Some of it's going to work well and you have to know why it's working. Because if you were trying to do an approach like that to drive more sales, probably not going to do it. If you're doing that to like stop the cycle of of setting people's expectations to discount, I could see a message like that being a great way to to do that. And then long term, it's probably a better, at least in my point of view, uh, I'm not a big fan of discounts, period. Right? <laughs> like, I, I think that can end up hurting the brand's value in the longer term. You see companies like Kinsta, who I'm sure host a lot of stores, 
um, don't discount, and they make it really clear each year because they get asked. We don't do it for this reason. I think that helps. They, I'm sure they will lose out on some sales to their competitors yep. on that day in November, but that they are going to get increased customer loyalty from that because they're not offering new customers a better deal. They're not punishing their existing customers. Yes. And in the long run, they're going to uh, associate their brand with with quality, with va- with higher prices, but value, et cetera. And those are all good things. And certainly uh, not everyone should do a discount. On that same train of thought, one thing I wanted you to touch on a bit is I'd heard somebody talking about how who will survive in this Black Friday? And I'm sure they were maybe looking at the bigger picture beyond WordPress and WooCommerce and you know and extensions and plugins. But essentially, you know, probably still touching on that. Their idea was, or their thoughts were, that yes, people are going to need to do very deep discounts, fifty percent or more. Now, in your newsletter, you said lower discounts are in. And you had some reasons behind that, which also make very much sense. So why don't you touch on that a bit and tell us a little bit more what your thoughts were around this idea that really the lower discounts are going to do the trick this time. So this comes back to maturity in the space. Um, I think if in and also what Jonathan said about people kind of me tooing. I think in the past, people would run sales in response to what the biggest person who'd run a sale the previous year had done. Yep. We're just starting to move away from that a little bit. Like the, the earliest someone emailed me about their Black Friday sale and like how to do it this year was, was like April. Wow. So <laughs> a bit more complexity going into it, um, which is good. I think a side effect of... Uh, not thinking about your sale is just to go sure 50 percent is massive the 30 percent i'm a big fan of 30 percent is the biggest small discount you can do and in a in what can be a fairly high margin uh space like digital products um i love 30 percent as a discount you have to the difference between if you discount at 50 percent you have to make 40% more sales than if you discount at 30%. And so the question comes for, for people with extensions, am I going to make 40% more sales just to make the same revenue? Probably not. It, it To me, it seems like the difference when you get into this sort of world of discounts and all the hype around it, it a big thing is, are you focused on short-term or long-term thinking? And discounts can seem really good and attractive, but there's all these other things you mentioned support. There's the whole renewal thing. There's the whole, how do your other customers feel right now? Cause it's like, I bought two weeks ago and now it's 50% off and you're like, hey. and then some of those people will ask for a refund, right? Like there's this whole process you'll go through a lot more consequences than just the short-term burst. I know you're a Seth Godin fan, Jonathan. Yeah. There's a, you have a great quote. Cheap is the last refuge for the marketer who can't figure out how to be better. <laughs> I yeah, and and that's completely right. <laughs> yeah, no, that's interesting because I I had to buy a a plugin yesterday. There was a plugin that I wasn't working on my site to do the Woo site, so I had to find another one and I found it. And I was at that moment, it wasn't that much for the year. You know, it was like 
I think 50 some bucks, 58 bucks or something. So it wasn't a big, but I was looking at it and I thought for a moment, I thought, well, what if they have a, you know, mm. a sale here in what a week maybe. Yeah. But it's something I really didn't want to wait a week. And I just, you know, I went ahead and got it. I, 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 I and I, maybe I'm not the normal person, but it was also in the, I was in the position where, you know, it was like, is it worth waiting a week on the per chance? And at that much, are they really going to give a huge discount? And I thought all these things, is it really worth it? And it kind of, you know, it was way too much thought I put into it. And I just finally just bought it. You're quite right, though, that those, those, those decisions go on. And if you knew that that store discounts every November without fail, and it's a discount that you wanted, you would have waited. Yeah. But that's why I, that's why I like... Black Friday overall, um, because it gives you a chance as a seller to pick up on those price sensitive customers who do care about the price. Um, and they may not buy from you without that. So you're quite happy. You got the thing. It was for it was for work. It's an expense, not worth waiting. Others people uh certainly in the past like if, if i didn't need the thing or was on a budget they are gonna wait and it's a good deal for everyone or it can be a good deal for everyone thanks to our sponsor paypal in time for the holiday season paypal has launched a new pay later option called pay in four this means that your clients can offer their customers the option to purchase over time in four interest-free payments this feature is one of two options from PayPal for pay later, with the other being PayPal Credit, which gives store customers more purchasing power through flexible and transparent choices in how and when they pay. The second option is subject to consumer credit approval. So offering these payment options is good business. Did you know that 64% of consumers surveyed say they're more likely to make a purchase at a retailer that offers interest-free payment options? And 56% of consumers that responded agree that they prefer to pay a purchase back in installments rather than use a credit card. Well, this seems like a no-brainer to me. Clients can grow their sales and get paid up front with no additional risk or cost. All you need to do is download the PayPal checkout extension on the Marketplace at WooCommerce.com. Just head on over, click Marketplace, and search for the PayPal checkout. Suggesting that to your clients will certainly open up sales opportunities for them. Thanks to PayPal for being a community sponsor for Do The Woo. And now let's head back on over to the conversation. I'm curious, Alex. So you, you see what's happening in this space, and you've been doing this Black Friday post. Uh, is it? How many? How, how long have you been doing this now? You uh, three years. So that's awesome. Like you sort of, if you could sort of wave a magic wand and just improve how the product business space as a whole like treats Black Friday. Like what what are some of the things that you'd like to see happen more of or less of sort of going forward? I'd like more randomness about predicting sales, mm. expecting sales. Mix it up. Great way of breaking that cycle. I'd like that. I'd like, but simultaneously, I'd like more predictability. Giving people about a week to make a purchasing decision is good. So you you see all sorts. People, this is a this is a thing that feels really important. So I think people put a lot of thought into it. But uh, you're like, do I start my sale at the month before, the day before? 
the Monday before, I love that. And run it till the end of the Cyber Monday. Uh, that gives people enough time to make an informed purchasing decision. But also, if I want to, if I have a list of five plugins, which is a thing people do, like make a list of here's what I want to buy. Let's see what's on offer. You help the consumer do their little budgeting, and I think that's a good outcome. I would love to see just more thought into the discount levels. Part of this post I did last year, there was every discount increment at five percent increments between ten and ninety percent. Mm. People are just picking numbers out of the air from 10, 15, 20, all the way up to 90. If you're taking if you're taking 90% off a plugin, then yeah. what are you selling? <laughs> <laughs> You've got 90% margins on a on a WooCommerce plugin? Like that 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 feels disingenuous. So we could think about that a little bit more. Yeah. I, I don't I think if I saw something at 90% off, I'd have to really think about this, you know. Like what exactly am I getting and what how much are they um actually you know making off this thing in the first place? I mean I'd start thinking all sorts of weird things, but no, you're quite right. Those those are things you do not want your customers to be asking. So my last question for now on this pricing thing. What's your sense take pricing as a whole across let's take just the WooCommerce product space. Mm-hmm. You mentioned like obviously you see some competition, but if you were to sort of step back for a moment, do you feel like how are we as a whole? Like, is the is the space underpriced? Is it overpriced? Is it about right relative sort of what you're massively underpriced? Yeah. So, your whilst the range on any indigit any individual bit of functionality might be quite might be like three to ten times. Mm-hmm. Those numbers start so small that it might be from thirty to three hundred dollars for one year. You know, is is fine. I'm sure a lot of people are getting a lot more value, especially at the higher end. There will be functionality that it makes sense to pay a lot of money for that doesn't exist yet. I'll just a comment there on the enterprise. Like Woo, Woo is growing in the enterprise, and that's a kind of a loose term. It can mean a lot of things, but basically, you're seeing more big stores, especially folks coming over from like Shopify world, where they're like, "All right, we don't want to give this cut anymore." And I've seen this a few times where people are shocked at the price and not in a positive way where it's like, okay, wait a minute. This is, this is mission critical functionality for my business. And you're telling me this is a $200 extension. And so I think I would love to see more like high end, maybe productized services around some of these things. But the, the bottom line, however it works is that sometimes the price is a negative, Right where it's like sometimes you're not doing folks a favor, and I see this a lot in, in the mid to upper end, where it's like uh, this is our business we're talking about here. You're telling me that this critical plugin, the most that I can do with this developer, is paying a small amount of money for a license. Like, what if I need more? So it feels like there's a lot of opportunity there, and the more successful Woo becomes, and the more stores succeed, the the higher the stakes go, and the more people are going to care about the infrastructure that they're using. I think that point about the stakes is really important because then you a lot it's not uncommon for functionality which is critical to stores to be maintained by like one to ten people. Yeah. Which is not a lot of people. And it would be really interesting to see what uh products could do with significantly more resources. 
And as the stakes get higher, like QA is going to be increasingly important. My my instinct there would be to see folks like do like enterprise versions of their software, um, which could be like a higher support tier. It could be some like special functionality. I, I'm curious. Any do you have any thoughts on that? Where if you recognize that's a problem, the stakes are going to get higher, and there's a difference mm-hmm. between value alignment and and accordingly incentive, right? Because if you're selling a low end plugin, there's only so much you can do. It's a volume game. How would you recommend folks approach that? Like, how, how do you serve the higher stakes? Do you do it on features? Do you do it on support? People don't want to solve that problem hmm. because it's more it's a, it's a lot more difficult. And where there is volume opportunity, you can see how it doesn't, well, not necessarily doesn't make sense, but it's not attractive in the same way. You start needing relationships, sales, confidence to, to support, um, like service level agreements on whatever you're offering. And I think unless you've got that experience, which it's probably fair to say that the vast majority of people don't, um, you can see that's a daunting thing to challenge, to, to tackle, which means there's opportunity for someone to come in and do that. Hey, my like I'm like a spin off from my WooCommerce agency. We like customize extensions for high volume stores. Yeah, I, I think I could see that being so. Okay, I'll leave it at that. I think the opportunity because it is tough. I see that, and I could see the the volume. It's not as attractive because you are getting more into the productized service realm potential, right? Where like an enterprise, like all right, we'll buy this thing, we'll buy the enterprise version, and we want to know that we have someone on call if we need help, etc. It can be very lucrative for those who are want are willing to set up the processes and systems and accept the responsibility. Uh, my only recommendation for anyone looking at that is you probably need to charge a lot higher than you're thinking, <laughs> right? So it's it's something that. Yeah, you got to make sure that it's worth it. And for some of these businesses, it absolutely is worth it because we're talking about a lot of payment volume going through these things. Like it's it's worth them paying for. Well, I'm going to apologize to my listeners because um, I was going to leave it at that. But I have one more question, and this is just going to turn into a long podcast. Sorry, but this is pricing. And uh, there was a conversation somebody had on Twitter, and just I can't say in a nutshell because there's probably not such a thing for this particular topic, but around the fact of questioning why aren't more extensions and plugins monthly versus a yearly fee, because that helps people that can't afford that yearly fee. But I think I know, I know the answers to this and I kind of, I think understood it even before I started hearing people reply to it, but just some quick Thoughts on that as far as what you think there, Alex? So in the in the WordPress and WooCommerce product space, monthly pricing is a nightmare. Hmm. It, it doesn't work right now. We have seen instances of when clients switch from monthly to annual pricing and even kept the prices like ballpark the same, uh, massively increase their revenue. People respond so currently consumers are responding really badly to monthly pricing for WordPress products and annual performs significantly better. It's very hard to do the well, not hard, but like it's rarer to do the genuine SaaS component, which I think people feel justifies the monthly fee. WooCommerce, I think that's the major blocker. 
thing that happens each month. And if, it, if they're not getting, if it's just the license, they're not seeing a thing come ha- happen each month. And it's really hard to say, okay, what am I paying for? Right. And, and sometimes if your, if your extension is coded brilliantly, you don't need updates yeah. for it. Like it's a thing that does import lists. It doesn't need to change. It just works. Yeah. Awesome. Alex, awesome. Thanks for joining us. It's been great having you. If folks want to learn more about what you're up to, where should we send them? It's been a real pleasure. Thanks for uh, having me. My professional life lives at getellipsis.com. We have a blog that covers some of the stuff we talked about and a monthly newsletter called Press Marketing, which is pretty good. That's great. uh, That was the Black Friday stuff Bob mentioned. Uh, I also run a weekly newsletter. If monthly is not your thing, why, let's, <laughs> uh, that's at masterwp.co. That's like a weekly newsletter for WordPress professionals. Uh, I'm on Twitter. It's just my name, Alex Denning. All righty. Well, we'll just give a quick shout out to our sponsor before we close out, PayPal. Uh, do check out Pay in 4. That's the numeral 4. Uh, yeah. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, both in the Admiral and at the beginning, uh, you know the benefits, so um, there's really a no-brainer to uh, to give it a try. See see what's you know see if that's what your customers are looking for. And WooCommerce, of course, dot com. Do update to the latest version. Keep things all nice and secure. And uh, yeah, it's um, yeah. I think that's it. So we are good to go. Again, thank you, Alex, for joining us. It was a total pleasure. Thank you so much. <laughs>